2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice.
2: I want to hear it again.
1: Meet more. Sir.
0: Robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, i hunt have aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the
3: turtles?
0: And <laughs> Rashad Taylor.
3: Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man.
0: On 1080 The Fan.
1: 1008 here on your Sunday morning. Sports Sunday here with you. Mike Rashad, Joe, for another 51 minutes. Math? We got Hayden it coming up at 1030. Aaron Rodgers talk coming up next, but I brought this up in the beginning of the show, and I want to get it in there before we run out of time. Easy answer. The single greatest season of television you have ever consumed in your life. 503 250 Joe, feel free to share your thoughts. Rashad, you already had your answer. I do. From the second... I brought it up early in the show. Go
3: Martin season two. Listen, uh, if you've ever, I know I, I get like Lynch was just saying like, I never watched Martin. Great show. But if you do ever get a chance to go watch Martin, you can start at the second season. You know, Martin was a show that was, was it a rough start. <laughs> no, no. The second, the first season was, was amazing. You know, it was super, super funny. The second season though, was 27 episodes of gold. Well, just, just absolute gold. like, um, there's an episode in there where he fights Tommy Hearns and gets, uh, beat up by him. There's, uh, an episode in there where he's trying to lose weight and becomes this like big fitness instructor and stuff like that. There's like, there's so many things. There's, uh, uh, suspicious minds is when it's kind of, they're mocking uh, a scene in, in New Jack City when he's trying to figure out who stole a CD player, which one of his friends stole a CD player. And like, there's so many episodes in there that are amazing varnell hill when he goes to to hollywood trying to become uh, a bigger star than he already was like there's martin the second season was is front to back goal there isn't one episode in there that i want to kind of skip over everything so i that was pretty easy i was just talking to somebody about that saying the second season of martin is by far and away as far as black television and I'm for, for for all those people out there who aren't as familiar with black TV. It's the greatest. It's all and considered most of the time the greatest black television show of all time. It's
1: like the Seinfeld of black television, right? Yes, but in terms of like being hate, a, a funny you, sitcom. Yes, but
3: you don't necessarily hate the characters as on as much on Martin. That you. <laughs> well, I mean more than popularity. Yes, right? no, no, no. I mean, I, I think Seinfeld was Bill was built to for you to really disliked those characters. You know, they were all kind of, you know, jerks yeah. as characters and everything. So Martin is definitely a jerk. And so there is definitely a, a dislikable factor for him in there. But that show is is comedic gold. And also it was one of those shows that didn't shy away from uh, being black. And, you know, which at the time on television in 1990, you know, 93 and 94 wasn't something people really did. So You had the Cosby me,
1: show, which was... Boo. Which was a very kind of sterilized version of a black family, right? Yes, you know,
3: and or at gee, least just, a very
1: fancy version.
3: And so, Bill Cosby worked incredibly hard. It sounds weird to even say this now, but he worked incredibly hard to make sure uh, nobody found out about all the people that he was, you know, drugging. Number one, but two, to make sure that nobody uh, there was not never a bad representation of black people on television on any one of his shows. He did a great job of trying, which again sounds so strange saying that, uh, but making sure that there was never a a black stereotype that was on any of the show. So that was one of those things. But Martin was just real with real friends, real people that had some, some real funny issues at times. So yeah, it was, it was a, a better show for me.
1: When I first thought about this question, a couple of things popped into my head right away. The first season of lost, I love lost. And the first one was, was fantastic and really hard to kind of look away from first season, of game of Thrones as well. It just hooked you so hard from the get go that it, It got people who don't like fantasy or quote-unquote nerd stuff to love a show. That was fantasy and nerd stuff. That's how good that season was. Uh, Season four of Dexter, which is the one where John Lithgow is in it as the serial killer, that season is incredible. If Dexter ended after season four, it would be regarded as one of the best television shows of all time. It went on to have a couple more seasons and they were garbage. Um, Breaking Bad's final season was... Absolutely Great. incredible, but the one that keeps sticking out to me as my favorite single season of all time is True Detective season one.
3: Oh, that th- anything after that was trashed.
1: I, I don't even care. Like, the second, I, I didn't even watch the other two seasons because I, I heard such bad things. That first season, I could not consume that show fast enough. It was on gripping, edge-of-the-seat stuff that, for me, was it, – it, it may have, it, that it, I think for a lot of people, it's the best television season of all time because of how good it was. And I just can't, ima- I'm so mad that they messed the show up after that. Like that was, it was so good and so dark and so interesting and convoluted. And there was the twist and it was like, ah, what is going on? You know, it was the, who did it? But it was, it was dark with it. It was so good. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's my favorite one. Okay. I'm thinking That's about solid. it because I just started that Mr. first season
3: of Game of Thrones was actually was super solid. It's amazing, yeah. yeah.
1: I just started Mr. Robot, uh, and I'm in season one right now, and it's really good. And it got me thinking about because I saw this question on social media. I was like, "Would I include this?" I haven't finished the season yet, but maybe um, it's really, really, really good for a season. But man, it's True Detective for me. The first one was fantastic.
3: The, the second season with uh, Vince Vaughn
1: um, it's terrible wasn't
3: wasn't it wasn't bad. The, the, I could not finish I liked it. I like the I like the, the third one with Mahershala Ali. That was a good one, too. I never but, watched that one. Yeah, that, will, that was pretty good, but the the first season was definitely the one that that set it off.
1: A couple of texts that we got um, as a kid watching the first season of Prison Break when it was actually live on Fox. That's a show I never watched, but I remember it being very popular to the point where they kept putting it out there for way too many seasons. So it must have been good in the beginning, right? It's like the first season of Heroes. That show was terrible after that, but that was a good first season. Uh, this person has The Boys on Amazon Prime. That first season the is boys fantastic. The bo- I think you told me about The Boys, I and
3: I ended up kind of watching. I was like, oh, this is legit.
1: Yeah, the second season is not quite as good. It's still decent. First season was really, really good. Um, we got this text, Firefly, best season I ever watched. That's a show that I never watched before, but I've heard great things about. It's I think it's a fantasy kind of sci-fi type of show. Uh, I didn't I didn't hear about it when it first came out, so I missed the boat on it, and then it became kind of like this cult show where everyone was like, oh, it's Firefly. What's yeah. the best
3: new show for you that you've seen over the past, like, let's say, two years?
1: Whoa. There's been a lot of shows, right?
3: <laughs> I mean, especially lately because of, you know, the pandemic. But yeah. for me, it's I, – and I, I, I watched some of the first season, but I didn't really um, grasp onto it as, as much as I, as I did, as I went and watched it again. Uh, Snowfall. Uh, if, you've, if you've never heard of snowfall i have not uh, it is it's on fx um which is actually an awesome channel for making uh making television shows like some of the fx shows are man, out of this world that's where sons of anarchy anarchy is an fx show nip tuck was an fx show dave atlanta like there are certain things the that americans are, i know, you know is fx yeah. absolutely is FX. so they uh were were super great but that's a good
1: one uh i think for me and it might it might have a, a little bit of a, like an emotional tie for me because of uh me going through the divorce last year and it was something that helped. Was uh I don't know if I can say it, but S Creek. Oh. Well, uh, that's
3: not how it's spelled. It's spelled you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, but... can I Joe, can I say that? You're the you're the uh you're the decider here.
2: Let's uh let's maybe let's just pause in, on, yeah. Yeah, air on air the air on the side, the side of, of caution yeah. for sure. Yeah, well, we'll, well you better. know,
1: yeah. uh S Creek. It's a good show. I watched that uh, actually Andrew Nemec was the first one who showed me that show. Um, and I watched it as I was going through the divorce last year. It was so funny and like so heartfelt at the end. It was one of those like great feel good shows. And because most of it was out by the time I started watching it, I was able to binge it until the last season.
3: Is it Daniel Levy? Is that his name?
1: Yes. He's
3: hilarious
1: to me. He's uh, Eugene Levy's son. And, um, also his daughter is in there as well as Twyla. She's the one who works at the uh, restaurant and, uh, that show was fantastic. That was probably my favorite show that I watched over the year. I liked The Boys a lot. It was really, really good. I liked the first season of Future Man, which I saw, which was a Hulu show. Very funny, but the it kind of went downhill after the first season as well. A lot of these shows have trouble. Once they hit that first season... It's hard to recreate like how great something
3: is the first time. This is why the second albums yeah. so, uh, struggle as well, because you can't. it's hard to recreate that. For me, on Netflix, uh, Black AF with... Um, Uh, What's my guy's name? Kenya Barris, who is the creator of like America's Next Top Model and blackish and grownish and all the shows that are uh, on uh, ABC and whatnot. But that's actually kind of like a a curb your enthusiasm um, kind of setting where it's, you know, obviously it's a real guy. It's supposed to be his real family in real situations. Obviously, it's a fake family around him, but uh what super, yeah right <laughs> crazy but uh super a sitcom super funny. is a fake family yeah, super super funny black af
1: uh this uh couple texts before we break always sunny four and five this guy comes in with every episode of season four is very funny he says i have not seen always sunny outside of a couple of random episodes that's one of my roommates from philly and he's like you have to watch this show and i'm gonna he goes don't watch all of it because it's not all great but i'll show you the good episodes uh, this says the first season of 24. That's a show I never got great. into. I was in college when that came on. That was awesome. I was in high school, so I didn't really watch that as much, but uh, that that looked very good Jack in ads Bauer, for me. Jack are
3: you serious? Let's go.
1: Narco season two. That's a show I've always wanted to watch but never saw. And then uh, Snowfall comes in as dope from uh, from this person here. So there you go. Uh, let us know what you think. 503-250-1080. Joe, you didn't tell us. What's your, what's your favorite season of all time?
2: Um probably lost season one that was a solid one because watching that when it happened mm. like that phenomenon that bro. was yeah it, the exactly. ability to talk
1: to people and be like what do you think is
2: happening and i love it the idea of waiting a week for the next episode every wednesday night at 9 you would be watching the end of the episode and know that the ending in the cliffhanger was coming and and it and, never came. And you'd just be sitting <laughs> well, it there. It was like the after came. credits thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And then they'd have something go down and then just lost right across the screen. Oh. Season one just set the tone for that entire show. Were yeah, you so on message boards, like typing up. up your theories? Oh, yeah. AOL chat rooms.
3: <laughs> yeah. They, they they really messed up the ending. Like, I was really just not disappointed. I figured they were in hell or something like that. That would have made more sense.
2: Um, Also going to throw out, Um, I think it was Wire season four. That's a show I the never kids. watched. Yeah.
3: The 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 students, that's the greatest season I've got television show yeah. ever is season four of The Wire. Absolutely.
2: Crazy. Crazy.
1: And everyone says Ted Lasso's amazing. I don't have Apple TV. I, I so I've never been able to watch it. I hope it goes to any other service, because that's just one I don't have, but I've heard Ted Lasso's amazing. Yeah, so, I haven't
3: I haven't seen it yet. In terms look, of new shows, that's funny,
1: that's one of them. All right, let's get to some Aaron Rodgers stuff next. Sports Sunday on the fan.
0: Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
1: It is 1024 on your Sunday morning. Mike Rashad, Joe with you. Joe's hitter, love it coming up in a couple of minutes, but Aaron Rodgers news this morning. This popped on my phone. I woke up a little early today and uh, first notification from Bleacher Report says Denver is buzzing around league circles to acquire Aaron Rodgers if he is in fact dealt. And this is what the quote was. This is from Jeremy Fowler on ESPN. He was on SportsCenter. And this is what he said. I'm just going to read the quote. The Packers are still actively looking for solutions here. They're trying to keep an open line of communication with Aaron Rodgers and his agent, Dave Dunn. So no traction in the short term, but many people around the league believe Aaron Rodgers is indeed dug in. And there's a belief by some that he wants to be out west. Denver is a team that's buzzing in league circles. I was told by a source that Denver is monitoring the situation right now, but they're also coming out of draft days and they're in the team building mode. They really like Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, so they're not committed or tied to anything. Talking to people around the league, they say about 60-40 they think Rodgers is dealt. It's been an interesting week of news in the Aaron Rodgers front because there were reports and rumors that came out that, oh, well, maybe he was, you know, reconsidering his stance of wanting out. And then people were reporting they saw Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And then someone else came out and said, no, it's someone pretending to be Aaron Rodgers to keep Packers fans on their toes. And this it's a whole thing, right? And Packers fans have already dealt with this with Brett Favre. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's the same thing happening again and the fervor over it is basically the same thing that we saw when Brett Favre wanted out of Green Bay. The uh, What is that, like 15 years ago now? And it's, to me, once it reaches this point, I don't see any way that Aaron Rodgers goes back because he's he's been unhappy for years. And he's been saying he wants out multiple times and he always kind of goes back on it. When it gets to a point where it keeps happening like this, It gets too awkward. It's like, you got to go. You got to make the move. So because of that, I think the Packers are between a rock and a hard place. They don't want to trade Aaron Rodgers, but I think they're going to have to. Or else they're going to get nothing for him. He's just going to leave. And he'll have to pay back his money or whatever, but they're not going to get anything for him. Imagine making a trade with any of these teams that would want him and getting a young quarterback and first-round picks and whatever. Right? You could get so much for last year's MVP. And it can help a team that has a lot of holes. Still, despite the fact that they're good, they're good a lot of it because of Aaron Rodgers. It's it's kind of a, if he's that unhappy, it's kind of a no-brainer to me to really rebuild your team. If he's that dug in, trade him. And maybe I'm biased because I'm a Broncos fan and I want them to do the trade. But even if he doesn't go to the Broncos, if you're Green Bay, it's like, get something for him because he doesn't, he doesn't need to make this money. He can go host Jeopardy, right? He's already talked about that. So
3: I don't think I like Aaron Rodgers to host the Jeopardy. Why but- this fight?
1: But I, I, I'm right there with
3: you. Green Bay. He needs was to do pretty something. good at Jeopardy. Hose. He was good. No, I'm, I'm not saying he wasn't good. I'm just saying I don't like it. You know, it's just one of those things. But uh, he was incredibly good. You know, at, at what he does, and it's not super surprising because Aaron Rodgers um, is, you know, it's kind of charming. He's a he's a he's a professional football player that plays quarterback. Like he understands how to deal with people and stuff like that in, in the media and whatnot. But here, this is a situation where again, I'm on. I'm totally on the side of Aaron Rodgers in this whole thing. Like, is he? It, can he be a little immature about stuff man yes absolutely but i think this is what happens when you have a star uh player you know we'll find out in some years how mahomes really starts to act after he doesn't get really what he wants after a little bit and after he's in a position to not win as often as he was used to winning early in his career you know, aaron rogers won like what his second year as the starting quarterback as the um for the packers it wasn't it didn't take a long time for him to get to the top of the mountain it was literally like Brett Favre's gone within two, maybe three years. I can't remember. Please forgive me.
1: i up. They were
3: in the Super Bowl, you know, and so you win the MVP early in your career as a starter, and you know you win it a couple times in between there. Now you're at the end of your career, and you're not getting that same love from from your your general manager. You're not getting that same love from your franchise. Like again, like just to go over the things that have happened with Aaron Rodgers, man. Don't, please don't fire my quarterback coach. This is my guy. Like I want to keep him around and everything. Nope, we're gone. Man, please let me have some input on who our new, new general manager is. Nope. Well, please let me have some input on who our new head coach is. Nope. Please get me some offensive weapons to use, you know, during the draft and everything. Nope. We're going to draft some linemen. We're going to draft some defenders. We're going to draft another quarterback just to kind of piss you off. It's like, okay, okay. At this point, you're not giving me anything that I'm asking for. I'm trying to be a part of the process, and you don't really – you're you're saying, you know, screw you to, to Aaron Rodgers that's fine but you got to understand at at a point those guys push back and say "Nah, screw you because at this point aaron Rodgers kind of has the leverage if he says he retires he's good you mentioned jeopardy and if it's not jeopardy it'll be some other game show network that calls him and says hey aaron we'll give you x amount to come host the love connection again if you want to you know get that back on the air like so he's he's a guy that has options on top of that aaron Rodgers is a good-looking dude like he's gonna have tons of options to do things outside of, of football you know and so the, the, the ball is completely in the Packers' court, so they need to do something. If they're going to make a trade, do it now. Get as much for a player like Aaron Rodgers as you can because it's not often that Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, uh, Russell Wilson are on the market That's I where believe you can make a move for these guys.
1: After research, I believe it was his third year they won the Super Bowl. Yes. He went 6-10 and 10 his first year as a starter. He was in Green Bay for three years on the bench. He went 6-10, and 11-5, and, and then 10-5. and five and won the super bowl and they went 14 and one the following year and since then you know they win double digit wins most of his seasons that he's played um so yeah well they didn't go 14 and one. Sorry, he went 14 and one in the games that he played in that year but uh yeah so he he very quickly did take the reins he had one bad year six and ten after that one of the best quarterbacks in the league so absolutely if you're a team out there trade whatever it takes Go get Aaron Rodgers. He's not like, and the reason the Broncos were brought up first of all was because they did it with Peyton Manning. Right. And also they have a decent situation for it right now, but it's not like Peyton Manning coming off a major neck surgery and you're not sure what's going to happen with him. Like the Colts bailed on Peyton Manning. and He didn't bail on them. This is different. Aaron Rodgers is older. He's 38 now or 37 turning 38. He is 37 um, turning 38 in December but it doesn't appear as if Aaron Rodgers only has one year left. It feels right. like he's got a couple of good years. Still Just won
3: out. the most valuable player. award.
1: Yes. So barring injuries, go get him if you can. All right, let's get to hate it or love it. First though, Joe has sports.
0: Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080, The Fan.
1: 10.35, Sunday morning, Sports Sunday. Mike Lynch, Rashad Taylor, Joe Fisher, 1080, The Fan, Odyssey, Sports. Yep. Speaking, speaking, talking, words. <laughs> yep. This I was is... reading
3: more about Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. I'm Oh, no, it's My not good. your
1: fault. I was being intentionally awkward. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> uh, here's Joe with Hater Love it.
2: All right. All NBA stuff for you. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to uh, pick up where I left off last week. And it was about the Lakers. Mm. Some things have changed over the last uh, few days. They did get LeBron and Anthony Davis back, and they've already lost LeBron haven't uh, seen anything about whether he's playing tonight against the Suns, but Ron came back for what two games, three games, maybe. And then went right back to not playing again because of that ankle. And even with Anthony Davis, this team uh, is looks mm, very, very eh, as Mike Lynch would put it. (laughs) Um, So I asked this last week and I repeat the question. Hater. Love it. Lakers first-round exit in this year's playoffs.
1: <laughs> Look at you throwing this little piece of dynamite into the water, huh? Just backing away slowly. Things have a changed. Things have a changed, but you know what hasn't a changed is that in the playoffs, stars matter. And part of me wonders just how much of this has to do with LeBron trying to rest up for the full playoff push here. I mean, he, he like, rolled his ankle. That's the injury.
2: It was an an inverted rolled ankle. It went the other way. So so it's much worse.
1: So it's more painful, right? Okay. So he's sore and I get it. And you want to be careful and you want to, you know, manage your injuries. And I know the Lakers don't want to be in the playing tournament. Obviously, I think that's no team wants to be in there unless you're not very good and you get a chance. But you get LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Dennis Schroeder, who's out right now on the COVID list, back for the playoffs, I'm gonna go ahead and say, hey, they're not gonna lose in the first round this year because you have those star players. You know, you're gonna be playing the Jazz or the Suns, right? And neither of those teams terrify anybody because of who they are. Now they're very good teams, so let's not get me wrong, I'm not I'm not trying to talk crap about them, but they're the Jazz and the Suns in the one and two seed. It's the Lakers with the best player in basketball and like the third or fourth best player in basketball who haven't been fully healthy all year, we see this all the time with LeBron and his teams. They don't look great. There's something wrong. Even if they're a higher seed all, oh, they don't feel like they're 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 gonna be that team this year. The playoffs start and everything changes. I think that's the same case here. Playoffs are about stars. The Lakers have two of the best ones. They're not gonna lose in the first round.
3: Uh yeah, I, I hate it. The, the Lakers will absolutely win in the first round because while they don't have uh, LeBron stuff right now, we know that they're just resting up for the playoffs. And Lynch mentioned, Lynch mentioned it. Every year, it seems like LeBron's teams kind of go through a similar dip right before the playoffs start guys aren't playing well and then the questions start coming what's wrong with the Lakers? What's wrong with the Heat? What's wrong with the Cavs? Are they going to be able to do it? And then LeBron goes zero dark 30 for the next few weeks and then everything is all good. At the end of the day, they still have Anthony Davis. They still have LeBron James and even if LeBron is at 80%, 85%, that's still better than 85% of the rest of the NBA. As long as Kevin Durant isn't on the other side of the court or Steph Curry isn't on the other side of the court uh, to to make that happen, then I think LeBron can go far. Uh, This Lakers team is still a championship roster. You still got... uh, no matter how insular small roles they play, Alex, uh, Alex Russo was part of a championship team last year. Uh, Caldwell Polk was part of a championship team last year. Uh, you know, Montrez Harrell would at least play deep into the playoffs last year. Well, at least a little bit. Uh, Pau Gasol, or Marc Gasol, excuse me, uh, has been uh, uh, kind of an up-and-down surprise for them, but somebody that has playoff and, and NBA Finals. Experience. Kyle Kuzma was on that team. You got a bunch of dudes that were on the team that won a championship last year, and kind of know what they have to look forward to. I'm not really worried about the Lakers at this point. They're they're the, they're the defending champions until somebody knocks them off. They, you know, somebody's got to prove us wrong.
2: All right, moving on from a team that is going to be in at least the play-in tournament to a team who is scrapping to get into that play-in tournament. And that is the Washington Wizards, and none other than their star point guard, Russell Westbrook been on an absolute tear. He is tied the record now for most triple doubles in a career with Oscar Robertson, which growing up as a kid was learned about Big O and his season of averaging a triple double. Oh my God, who could ever do that? Well, Russell Westbrook does it all the time now. And Scott Brooks, his head coach, had a uh, pretty interesting comment saying that he is the second best point guard of all time. Now, I won't go that far to say he's the second best of all time, but hater to love it, Russell Westbrook, top five point guard of all time.
1: Who, who would be first by the way? Magic,
2: I yeah. assume? Okay.
3: Uh I, I would probably still hate it. Um only because Magic Johnson was a, a game changing point guard. Um Jason Kidd was a game changing point guard. Uh as was, obviously, I think we forget about John Stockton, who's, like, I think still first all-time in assist, and then you start throwing in the Chris Pauls and the other guy, like, I mean, Isaiah Thomas, (laughs) like, there's still a lot of guys at that point guard position. Steve Nash, who won two back-to-back MVPs, you know, there's still a lot of guys at that point guard position that have been uh, amazing uh, at what they do. I still don't, honestly, can we still say Westbrook is better than Dame? I can't. I think he gets better stats than Dame, but I don't think he's a better overall basketball player than what Damian Lillard is, but uh, you look at what he's able to do with this Washington squad. Uh, they were in the basement, and they're still, in some respects, in the basement. But they're at least playing uh, for that playing spot right now. They've won 13 or 14 of their last like 17 games or something like that. Bradley Beal still putting up 50 points, but West- Russell Westbrook is showing that nobody plays harder than Westbrook and that's I think that's the one thing. he's got a Kobe mentality in that is like he might not be the best player but nobody's ever going to question how hard he works and he's going to outwork everybody that he plays. That's the reason he can average 10 assists a game. That's the reason he'll average 11 assists a game is because nobody he nobody will ever ever outwork, outwork Russell Westbrook and that's why He is going to go down as one of the greatest point guards of all time. Unfortunately, he won't be in that top five. Though
1: Uh, I think this is a hard love. And I think this could be considered top three, top two. I don't I don't think Scott Brooks is insane for saying that. A player has made a triple double boring. A triple double is incredibly (laughs) difficult to do in basketball. And Russell Westbrook has made it like the most basic nonchalant thing of all time. This is not the first, not the second, not the third, but the fourth season in his career he's gonna average a triple-double. And this one might be his best season, arguably. He's averaging more rebounds than any season. He's averaging more assists than any season. He's got a little bit less points. You know, his best season points-wise was the first one where he averaged 31 points, 10 boards, 10 assists. He's got 22 points, 11 boards, 11 assists i think this is arguably the best season because guess what he's playing on the wizards the wizards have had bradley beal and nobody else for a long time because john wall's been hurt for a couple of years and they're terrible they're not a good team but with him and bradley Beal beale together they're they've gone from being terrible to getting into the playoff picture and that's almost solely because of what russell westbrook has done that's really really difficult to do um You mentioned some great point guards, for sure. And I think you can always hold the fact that Westbrook hasn't won anything over him as well in terms of being the greatest of all time. But look, it doesn't matter. You you can dislike Westbrook as a player. You can dislike him as a person. You know, he didn't win anything. What he does has only been done by one other guy in history, and that's Oscar Robertson. And that's just the amount of triple doubles that he gets. So because of that, yes, he is for sure one of the best point guards of all time.
3: But the one thing, people, I'll, I'll say this about Oscar Robinson. At no point has anybody ever considered Oscar Robinson the best point guard in the league. Or oh, he's in, 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 in history. At no point has anybody, like, we'll talk about Kareem being the greatest of all time, but from that era, as great as Oscar Robinson was, nobody ever said that, man, he's the best player in the league right now. I think the triple-doubles, and it's in- impressive. more of, That's absolutely impressive. However, for Westbrook, it hasn't equated to any significant wins for him. You know, his team is currently in ninth in the Eastern Conference. Like, you would think a guy that averaged a triple-double for the fourth year and fourth year in his career would at least be comfortably in the sixth spot. You know, comfortably in the fifth spot, and that's not really the case. Did you
1: know Oscar Robertson only averaged triple-double one year? Once. Yeah. Yeah. It was once. So, By the way, I think Robertson is mentioned in the
2: best point guards of all I've time never heard
3: Oscar Robinson as we're talking about point guards even on this show I've never once heard anybody say what about that Oscar Robinson guy never once
2: he did win the MVP back in the 63 64 season there you go at least one for him I think
3: Wes Unseld won an MVP as well
2: all right uh, moving on to the Blazers I'll just be blunt with this one we've heard that if the Blazers make a deep playoff run then Terry Stotts could return so hater to love it the Blazers make the Western Conference Finals. You're okay with Stotts returning for another year? Uh,
3: hey, hey. uh I'm my turn. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm, sorry.
2: I'm gonna
1: say hate, and I think, I I think keeping him if they make a run might be the right decision, quote unquote. But I, personally, I want to see a different mindset from a coach on this team. I want to see a de- a different defensive style. I want to see a new set of eyes. I wanna see what a team not run by Terry Stotts looks like. That might not be the right decision if he goes to the Western Conference Finals. You know, maybe that's the grass is always greener and I'm looking at it like, oh, salivating over Chauncey Billups or whoever it is gonna be. He's he's gonna make such a big difference and they're gonna be such a better defensive team and the offense is gonna look different. It's gonna be more modern, whatever, right? Whatever you wanna say and maybe it just turns out that the blazers go from being a playoff team every year to being even more borderline with the new head coach but i want to see something different because what we've seen over the last many years is a team that makes the playoffs they always have one run in the regular season they have an elite offense and they have a usually putrid defense we've seen it it's the same every year and they lose in the playoffs every year right so I want to see something different. So because of that, love, if they make the Western Conference Finals, they should still let go of Terry Stotts, or I guess hate to your question. Sorry, Joe. Um, Hate, they should let go of Terry Stotts even if they win because they want to see something different. But that's very selfish and personal for me.
3: Uh, I would would say love. Um, I would say love that they kept. Terry Stotts. I think we we really don't realize how hard it is to get to the NBA Finals, let alone the or the Conference Finals, let alone the NBA Finals. Like you're talking about playing. Um, the, the last two best teams in the Western Conference, and if you, that can be one of you, if you can be one of those last two teams, I think that says a lot about you as a coach. The one thing we've always looked at Terry Stotts and said, "Man, your rotations are weird." But you mentioned a little earlier the fact that he's gone to more of an eight-man rotation. <laughs> they got, those guys look like they're going to be the ones to kind of carry uh, the load. And look, Dame has uh, had, had what two coaches in his NBA tenure? One of them was Nate McMillan for a little bit, and then he's got Terry Stotts. And no, no, it's been Stotts the whole time, right?
1: With Lillard, with Lillard,
3: yeah. So Lillard has only heard one voice in his ear for his entire career. It might be a good thing to get him uh, some new direction. Uh, Michael Jordan didn't. Michael Jordan didn't win much with Doug Collins. He didn't. It took Phil, uh, Phil Jackson to come in there and change some stuff. Mark Jackson didn't win anything with uh, the Warriors. It took Steve Kerr in a new direction to come in and say, okay, this is how we're going to do things. When Popovich took over the Spurs, they were in the basement. They came and said, this is how we're going to do things. Sometimes you need somebody to come in with those stars and change everything that they've they've learned to kind of unteach them bad basketball and teach them how to play the right way I think given the right situation you get a guy to come in here and do that for the Blazers however if Stotts makes it to the conference finals and I mean they go through the Lakers and the Jazz and the Suns or whomever else is there and they get all the way to the conference finals I don't really think you can justify firing that guy at that point especially if he's been to the conference finals twice within four years
2: okay and on to our last one real quickly for the love of God hate it or love it Please let the Bucks or 76ers make the NBA Finals. Why, Mike? I'm just asking the question. No, hate it.
1: I I don't want the Sixers or Bucks to make it.
2: So you'd rather have the Nets or someone else? The Nets
1: would be way more fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they've got three hateable stars, but that's a fun team to watch if all of them are playing together. Yeah, give me the Nets. I don't, I don't like the Bucks. I don't think they're fun to watch. They're like Giannis not. is good, but I kind I watch the Bucks and I just go. Eh. I don't know. I don't enjoy watching them. Sixers can be fun to watch. I just don't like their players very much. So that's hate. Give me the give me the Nets.
3: Uh, I hate I, I think those are I'm going to be agree with Lynch. Two of the more boring teams in the Eastern Conference. Like I would much rather see the Nets in the finals. I would much rather see the Knicks in the finals. I think that could be fun. I'd like to see this young Boston team if they can get it together uh, in the finals. So I think there is definitely some some other teams in the Eastern Conference that can I
1: can I just throw this out there? Is there not a more parallel team to the Blazers and the Celtics the last few years? No, I don't think so. Like they're playoff team, but tend to fumble around a little bit. And they Are got you, young players and a great play. One really, really, really good player. Yeah, great players and, like, and a bunch of young players that could fit together. It's but they always really, It's like the same team. To
3: yeah, me. They're, they're, that's I can see that. Very comparable. Lots of lots of really good guys. But for whatever reason, can't really put it together like that. But the Nets, I think, man, once James Harden comes back, he is the, the best offensive player in the entire NBA, um, the Knicks look like they have some young studs that are coming up. And I think they're for real. You know, uh, I think Thibodeau has them playing actual basketball right now. So any other team but those two teams could be in the finals. But just the, the Sixers and the Bucks are just so boring.
2: All right. Well, that last point, it uh, made the lead a little bit bigger for Rashad. So it was all formality at that point. So uh,
3: we're against the clock. We're over. So. Come back on the fan sports. <laughs> we'll say goodbye.
0: <laughs> Weekend sports with a difference. This is sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The fan,
3: Mike, you're so far off. You must not know anything about basketball. How good is his team? What an, what, uh, what is an empty stat like triple double worth? uh a possible play in birth wow well, this may be your worst sports take mike this is a sixth grader take Ooh, look at you look <laughs> i'm at a sixth grader <laughs> now firing back at mike lynch man what'd you do
1: i i gave love to russell westbrook i guess
3: i guess we don't like that here in portland you can't I, do that
1: and apparently you can't not do that here in portland apparently no. not there's
3: certain guys that honestly you can't say anything good about here in portland there's there's triggers So they are, one of which is definitely Russell Westbrook, considering his relationship with Dame. (laughs) James Harden, I I thought right now, watch this, James Harden is the best offensive talent in the NBA. There isn't another guy that's as good as James Harden on the offensive end.
1: I'll even even throw this, James Harden's the best offensive player of our generation.
3: It's hard for me to disagree with that. I'll give it 10 seconds before a text rolls in telling us how wrong we are. Chris Paul, (laughs) don't say anything good about Chris Paul. That's another trigger. And the last and final one, LeBron James. You guys notice whenever we talk about LeBron on the show, we're not going to have – so if we're ever slow, man, we'll just bring up LeBron and just wait. And it's like fishing with dynamite.
1: Well, that's – because you know what's going to happen with the James Harden one. We just get to the foul line so many times it's all he does it's all how it does. Is that is, a, is how is he the best offensive player
3: and to be, and let's put this uh he's shooting more uh free throws or uh Damian lillard shooting more free throws than james harden just put that out there when harden is healthy so <laughs> just put that out there
1: well good to know i'm a sixth grader on mother's day I guess that means I I can celebrate my mom right. Well,
3: luckily sixth grade was a good time for me, so I'm not sure. Oh, about sixth you.
1: grade was my least favorite year of my life, so it was a terrible oh, time. Well, oh, geez. Me. <laughs> well, seventh,
3: maybe seventh grade was better.
1: It was a little better, okay. I guess. Yeah,
3: yeah, sixth grade was awesome. Though. I got a girlfriend the first day of sixth grade. Mm. It's pretty cool. She's yeah. got like six kids now.
1: Uh, sixth grade, not so much for me. Yeah, not not a fun time. None of which are mine. All right. <laughs> as far as you know. Happy Mother's Day, y'all. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, enjoy the day. Get out there and do something if you feel comfortable doing so and uh, you find something that's open for you. And uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, Joe's out next week, so it's going to be Rashad and I. And uh, Rashad's going to be the one because I'll be behind the glass. I always am. Okay. <laughs> that might be my worst take ever, right? Oh, man. it will be next week, 9-11. Okay, bye.